Chris and Chris Talk Movies. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. My name is Chris Ferry, and my co-host, as always... My name is Chris Huddleston. And today we are very excited to be talking to you about the 2020 Russian film Sputnik. Okay. Um, do you have a synopsis for us, Mr. Huddleston? I do. Uh, this is from IMDb, and I wanted to say before we get into this, if if this is your first time listening to the show, we do spoil. So this is a 2020 movie, and you know, so I imagine a lot of people haven't seen it. Right. And then after the uh, our discussion of Sputnik, we're going to talk about the finale of WandaVision, uh, but we'll do that at the end. So if you don't care about WandaVision or you haven't seen the ending of it, then you know that that'll be at the end after after we've discussed this film. But so it is, a, as we said, a 2020 Russian uh, production, and I'm going to butcher these names. I know the director is Igor Abramenko. It stars Oksana Akinsha, Fedor Bondarchuk, and Piotr Fyodorov. <laughs> I don't know how close I am. On Good that. effort. Probably I, not great. I but. don't know that I've done any better. No offense. Uh, just, no, no, don't no. Speak the language. Exactly. Um, all right. So the synopsis is: At the height of the Cold War, a Soviet uh, spacecraft crashed lands after a mission gone awry leaving the commander as its only survivor. After a renowned Russian psychologist is brought in to evaluate the commander's mental state, it becomes clear that something dangerous may have come back to Earth with him. Yes. So. All right, Chris, so what did what did you think? Um, I'll just reiterate again, spoiler alert, we're going to spoil the whole deal. Um, I liked it. I, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Um it is it is Russian language, so I watched it in the I watched the original film just with uh, English subtitles. Um, and I think you, with a few exceptions, you just get a better feel of the whole art piece that way. Um, sometimes, if the translation is really poorly done, that can be bad. But I, I just like to actually hear the actors delivering their lines and then and then read the meaning. If you have, like, an overdub, that needs to be pretty well done. That needs to be pretty special to really create the same experience. Um, I thought the mood of this was terrific and dark and bleak in good ways. I thought 
while on the surface of it the conceit is has you know been done before many times it was executed in quite an original way um there is a creature i thought the creature design was really interesting i thought the performance particularly of the the three leads was dynamite right there's a sort of a general and there's the captain of the spaceship and then there's the doctor who the general has brought in to sort of work with him and all three of those um actors did great work um and really made the story compelling um yeah i thought it was i thought it was a a an enjoyable watch um i was engaged the whole time i thought it was a fresh take on you know maybe maybe he came back changed right what did yeah. you think yeah i i felt um you know i would echo what you have said i i didn't know much of anything about this other than I just watched the trailer, but I hadn't read anything about this other than I just knew it had gotten some positive buzz from the trailer. I thought it was going to be a Russian version of alien. I, I thought it was mm-hmm. going to be an alien, you know, the people on a ship and an alien killing everybody. It was not that at all really. And that was fine. Um, you know, I was all in on this. As you as you said, all the performances were very good. Um, the look of the film, you know, the way it was shot was excellent. Uh, I looked up the budget. The budget was estimated to be about two and a half million dollars U.S., um, which, I mean, this looks... It's a small film. You know, you're basically in just one location the whole time. So... Yeah, they, but it looks great for that budget. Yeah, yeah, it looks fantastic. And so basically, you know, we kind of got into this on the the synopsis told you a good bit of this, but there's two astronauts, two cosmonauts, I guess, in space. Something happens, they come back. One of them dies, one of them lives, and they uh they have the one, the guy who lives in this facility um somewhere in the middle of nowhere and Every night, this creature comes out of his mouth, and um, as the as the movie goes along, you find out that uh, they're feeding uh, humans. They're prisoners in this place where they're at, and they're feeding uh, these humans to the creature. So it comes out every night, and this uh, woman who is a psychologist is there to study what's going on. And so we're primarily in this location. Which I think lends to uh, the movie looking great. You know, I don't, if they'd had, if it had been all over the place out in outside locations, you know, who knows um, if the budget would have been enough um, to uphold that. But as you said, the, the creature design is, is somewhat unique. Um, it's clearly CGI, but the CGI looks really good. Um, it's a, it's a fairly slow paced movie, but I was always engaged. It, it was always interesting. Mm-hmm. And and like you said, it's definitely a bleak, a pretty bleak movie, but not, you know, you don't get to the end and you just feel like, oh, I'm horribly depressed. You know, um, I don't know. It, it, I, I'm a sucker for this kind of, of movie, you know, this kind of sci-fi, you know, it's not laser beams and lightsabers and, and things like that. But yeah, I, I thought it was very good. It, um, you know, it's interesting because the creature is a sort of a parasite, but it's sort of a symbiote, um, Mm -hmm. and it, it strengthens him. So when the creature's out, it, he's sort of in a semi comatose state. They explain it enough to sort of say it secretes some sort of a thing that keeps him sedated until it comes back. And it's able to stay outside of him a little longer each time as it acclimates to our world. The general's trying to weaponize it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that becomes clear eventually that that's why he's brought this doctor in. Um, she's, you know, about to be fired for doing some unorthodox things, trying to save the patient. They bring her in ostensibly to try and save this guy, separate it from him and save this hero of Russia, the cosmonaut. 
she um, initially does not care for him very much, kind of butt heads, but it's a nice um, development that she comes to care for him, right? Um, and that relationship feels well-paced and, and true, believable. Um, and so you sort of get fairly quickly past the like, so this thing lives in his esophagus, right? You, you get fairly quickly past that and into the relationships. You know, they're trying to escape. She's trying to get him out of there, away from this general where she's working on a way to sort of separate, quote unquote, save him from this parasite that's living inside him. He keeps saying, it is me, right? Mm -hmm. I, it is me. Um, he doesn't explicitly say, I can't live without it, but he's like, I feel what it feels and I sense what it senses and... Um, and I thought it was really interesting uh, near in the near the end of the second act of the movie. I started thinking, like, I wonder what they're exploring here in terms of the creature as some sort of a metaphor, right, for his internal guilt or he found out this cosmonaut found out that he had a son. He didn't realize he had a young son. Either by, I, I don't remember if it was his wife or his girlfriend or something, but did she suffer some sort of a, uh untimely death and he was notified that he had this next of kin, right? Mm -hmm. um, but he was just getting ready to go on this space mission and rather than uh, accept paternity of the kid, he chose to go on the space mission. So the kid went to an orphanage. And that becomes clear after he's back th that this haunts him, that this is eating at him, you know. And so I wonder if, I mean, what did you think about that at all? The way this thing was sort of, if you see it as a literal embodiment, somehow of something that's kind of eating away at him or something you carry or something stuck in your craw, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Did that occur to you at all in this? Because it's so intimately like it goes... When he vomits the thing up, it's it's pretty upsetting, and it's big. So you're like, that doesn't fit in that guy's. You know what I mean? How the hell does it? I um. So I watched this with my my sister and my brother in law, and uh, my sister was. I watched it at their house, and she was cooking and things, so she she wasn't paying much attention. But uh, my brother in law and I were sitting on the couch watching it, and I said um, about halfway through, I said, "You know what this is about?" And he said, "What?" And I said. This is about capitalism because I said the uh, it's like the creature has to feed more and more and it's capitalism. You know, business has to just continually grow bigger and bigger and bigger and it never can be satisfied. And he goes, really? Is that, do you think that's what it's about? I said, no, I just made that up. But, <laughs> but, but, um, I'm sure there may have been one thing that uh, that we were commenting on is um, how. And, you know, it would be interesting to know, uh, you know, obviously we're, we're watching this through the lens of being um, Americans. And so I don't, I don't know how this would play differently to Russian audiences. But we, we kept commenting how the, you know, he's, he's very cocky. And, and like you said, when she initially doesn't care for him very much, he's continually talking about how he's a hero. He's a hero of the Russian people and all of this. And I, we commented on that some that I wonder if I, I kind of imagined that was just probably realistic that that was just pumped into them, you know, in their training and everything that it's just mm. like, you are a hero and you know, you're doing great things for the, the people of Russia. I, I don't know if there was some commentary there on that, you know, from a Russian perspective I, that I don't know, but, um, but I, I didn't, to be honest, I was, I wasn't really thinking a whole lot about, you know, too much what the meanings were in this. But, right. Um, well, it just, it struck me because mm -hmm. there was such a, he went from the kind of, um, that, that, that attitude and that, um, cockiness and sort of, I don't care. It was just like a shell he was wearing. Um, and as he began to trust her more and they began to genuinely 
care about each other. Um, some of that came down a little bit. Like, you mm-hmm. know, when they first met her, he was this very callous, and it was almost a wall he was putting up between them, you know? Right. And to see if she'd kind of keep coming back. You know, it was it was basically leave me alone. Um, but then that I think that that faded um, as he let himself be more vulnerable around him, and he showed her the guilt he has. You know, he told her about his son and explained it, and you really... Again, the performances are terrific. You know, the the actor here really conveyed this character's sense that I deserve this, right? I mean, this disgusting thing that is happening to me, like I should have died up in space and this mm-hmm. is my punishment for the, you know, for choosing that over my son. And that that's part of what kind of got me thinking about the symbol the potential symbolism of this thing the creature design was really interesting too but because it's it's not big like in alien um it's i'd say it's about the size of a dog probably then yeah it's sort of lizard shaped it has a long whip-like tail and it's got thin long um limbs that it sort of folds up it, it when it it sort of compresses itself. So when it comes in, when it's inside him, it's very compressed down. It's supposedly able to fit down his esophagus and in his stomach cavity. Um, And so it looks sort of, it looks sort of eel-like in many ways. It's got, you know, I hadn't really seen anything quite quite like that on screen before. No. There was a lot of specificity to it, and I thought that was interesting that somebody bothered to spend the time in the creature design, not just to be like, oh, it'd be cool if it had one of the, you know, but to really think about how does this thing collapse and unfold, and um, I appreciated that about it, too. I thought that, especially on that budget, it was a very well-thought-through movie. Yes. Um, There wasn't a lot of fat to this movie. It it wasn't... um, a fast-paced roller coaster ride, but it moved. It kept me engaged, and it kept moving forward. And you know, there were some sequences, some action sequences, and there was some gore and some sort of startling, like "Oh man!" You know. Um, mm-hmm. And so, and and the sci-fi element, the creature was definitely, you know, it kept sort of. They kept learning more about the what was happening we don't really learn anything about the backstory of this creature or where it comes from or we're focused on what it does what it's doing to him and the sort of hold it has on him and and the link between uh it and and him and all of that has a nice it's squarely within the science fiction realm of like trying to uh, discover the answers to these things. And, oh, we, we learned it. We thought it was that, but it's this. What does that mean? How does that change everything, right? Which mm-hmm. is part of what I love about science fiction is scientists often, you know, I mean, the space, spacemen and space women astronauts are scientists. So mm-hmm. when they encounter problems, which happens a lot because space is, uh, you know, very hostile environment, eh, they science they go about trying to solve this problem scientifically, and then you super pressurize it by being like it's a you know this is an alien trying to literally eat you, and uh, the stakes go up through the roof. So I yeah. thought this just delivered on all of those, but it was a it was a compelling relationship movie. It wasn't really a love story, um, although you feel that she came to care very deeply for him. She wanted to save him. Um, I don't know that we got as far as them having rom- romantic designs on each other, but no, I don't think so. And as you said, you know, it's it's um, it's slow paced, but there's always something interesting happening. I never felt like there was anything that I felt needed to be cut. You know, everything kind of propelled the story forward. And one thing that you know, you were talking about um, how he changes softens as the film goes along you know he says that and he was in the beginning you don't really you find this out as it goes along 
that he obviously is aware of the of the symbiote. You know, in, in the beginning, I thought it was going to be okay. This is happening at night, and he doesn't remember any of this. He's unaware of this, but but he knows that the the alien is inside him. And I wondered, I was unsure where the alien ended and he began and vice versa, you know, in the daytimes. So the, it only comes out at night in the daytime. Is he completely in control or is the, uh, is the alien guiding any of his actions or thoughts or anything like that? What did, what did you think about that? I got the sense that this thing was just sort of using him as a spacesuit. Okay. And, you know, his health, he he healed more quickly and he had a lot of increased vigor and vim because this thing was making sure that its host was healthy. That was, that served its purpose. Yeah. Um, and they speculated, like, well, it's not clear what's going to happen once this thing feels like it's acclimated enough to our environment to not need to go back inside the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't really get that far in this movie. But... Yeah, I mean, I didn't. The one revelation he makes is that, you know, while it's hunting, I am conscious. Like they have some sort of a link where he's like, I'm I'm conscious of what it's seeing and hearing and doing. Um, And then there's even flickers of him sort of being able to control it somewhat. Right, she goes into the cage, and the thing is threatening her. And then there's there's an indication that the guy, who is semi conscious, is able to steer it, you know, sort of to some degree, mm-hmm. but never gets this sort of mastery over it. And then in the finale, there's another gesture where he's he seems to be driving more. Um, I thought the guy played the general took what was a pretty stock character and made it and really added some nice specificity and some originality to, you know, it's the bad guy general. Oh, he wants to turn everything. You know, he's a hammer. Everything's a nail. He wants to turn everything into a weapon. Just like the corporate, you know how much that thing's worth in Alien, the corporations. Mm-hmm. Like they want to bring it back. Don't bring it back to Earth. Are you crazy? You know what that thing's worth? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I thought in the conversations on paper that he has with the doctor when they're finally putting their cards on the table, some of that stuff is pretty stock. Like, do two characters ever sit there and sort of lay out their worldview? Like, the world's like this. Uh, no, 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 the world is like that. Um, but they do it a lot in movies and, uh, you can almost sort of anticipate what the other person's going to say in, in the worst ones. But in this one, I thought you, you know, it really was about this character. He was trying to get what he wanted and it wasn't, he, he wasn't, um, sometimes the general character, uh, ends up being a sort of a sadist. Yeah. Like there's a part of him that wants to push the button, that wants to kill kids, right, or whatever it is. And I didn't really get that sense from this guy. I got the sense that he wanted to bend the people who could help him get what he wanted to his will, that it wasn't because he particularly enjoyed doing that. But, you know, he was feeding these prisoners to the thing and at least to hear him say it these were hardened criminals right they didn't deserve so you got a picture of a guy that kind of drew clear lines between who deserves life and freedom and who doesn't um and that whole argument of the doctor me like every life is precious versus him saying you're naive you know the world doesn't work that way everything's a weapon and, and weapons are the only thing that actually provide us with any real peace um i thought it felt as fresh as that can feel in this sure. movie and it was mostly just because i thought really terrific specific performances yeah you know I at agree. one point she's like you think everything you think everything's about weapons or everything's a weapon and he just goes da <laughs> you know he doesn't yeah. doesn't he's like oh you don't understand no he's just like yeah <laughs> that's exactly how it is yeah yeah and he was never it was never like he was gleefully cartoonish right. cartoonishly evil you know he was um he seemed 
human. And yeah. we get to a point where it's clear that she is actively working against his goals. And at one point, he tells his soldiers, you know, you don't shoot him. Uh, we need him completely unharmed, but kill her. And yeah. it's oftentimes it happens a lot sooner. Like there's some personal insult or something like this. And it wasn't that. It was like they were making a run for it. They were escaping. And he's like, we need the guy alive you can kill. You know, she's not eliminate her. Uh, and, and it just doesn't have that, like, kill the girl that you yeah. often feel in these movies. It, it's just, he's just issuing orders. like Because okay, all he so, cared about was the alien. Right. She yeah. was an asset until now. Yeah. She's she's clearly not an asset anymore. And, you know, no loose ends or whatever. So, you know, kill her, not him. Don't Don't harm him. I need that. He's the package. And again, on paper, pretty paint by number stuff, but in execution of the movie, it didn't strike me as feeling cliche or, you know, eye rolly. No, 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 not at all. I, I agree. And the, the woman who is the psychologist, um, so again, I, I watched this with my sister and brother in law, and all three of us kept saying throughout the movie, she looks so familiar. I don't know if you felt that way or not. Yeah, I but, did. But, um, uh, I looked her up in, on IMDb, and the only U.S. credit that she has, she was in one of the Bourne movies in 2004 uh, or 2005, something like that. She was born in 1987, so she had to have been really young when yeah. she was in that. So I think she just must look like somebody, but I never could figure it out. She just seemed very, very familiar. I just, you know, just all through it, we're just like, wow, she seems, what has she been in? You know, and she, what, she's not been in really anything. Yeah. Um, well, so I, I, guess... th- I, I think I was, I didn't get the sense that I've seen her before as much as I was trying to place who does she look like? like yeah. She yeah. Very strongly reminds me of somebody and I can't quite put my finger on. Yeah. Exactly. I never I, I felt out. pretty clear that I had not seen this actor before unless mm-hmm. she was an incredible chameleon. Um, but something about how in her own skin she was, she, incredible presence, just a solid. You know, steadfast, unflinching, and there's and and it's great. She's she really conveys the moments when she is absolutely terrified, but forcing herself to control it. I'm just really, really nice stuff that you see in a lot of films done not as well as this. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I know you. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say one que- one also question that I had. There was a little. Uh, I don't know that they ever said anything about this that or ever uh, addressed this, but there was a part where um, she, like, I think it's the first night that she's there and she takes a shower and we see her back and she has this long scar on her back, which leads you to believe that she'd had some kind of, you know, back surgery, spinal surgery or something like that. And she has to go and, you know, you get the sense that, um, she can't lay around or sit around too much. She has to, cause she goes and runs, um, you know, during the movie. And I, I don't know if that was just, they never really acknowledged that beyond that. I, I didn't think. Uh, I thought that tied into the end where the little orphan we've been sort of dropping in on throughout the movie turns out to have been her. Oh, okay. Right. So the little blonde head, you know, because all the whole time the sort of nurse is ta- referring to that little kid as boy. And you think, oh, that's the cosmonaut's son in the orphanage. Mm-hmm. But it turns out not to be. And at the end, the child version of her says, I'm not a boy. You know, my name is Sonia or whatever it is. And then it cuts to her and somebody is saying, Sonia, or, you know, whatever but it, it very clearly points out that she was that orphan and that that orphan was in a wheelchair and wanted the shoes and kept trying to get the shoes and put the shoes on and got the shoes and put them on and sort of very unsteadily stood up from the wheelchair right yeah. so i didn't under you don't understand all that but to me the the scar and the spinal surgery says when you look back on it, this is a person not only who has uh, a firsthand empathy with uh, the idea of a kid 
growing up in an orphanage, right? She ends up going and adopting the cosmonaut. The cosmonaut um, kills himself. He shoots shoots himself slash the alien. You know, she's trying to still save him. There's a big standoff. She's trying to still save him, and he has managed to find the general's gun, and he shoots himself in the chest. So kills himself and the alien in one one blow. And so then she goes and adopts his orphaned son from the orphanage. And the the loop kind of closes, but like, oh, she was a kid in an orphanage. She could all, you know, she's this indomitable spirit, this will to, you know, overcome adversity and never give up. And all of that was of a all came together in this portrait yeah. of her. We just saw it in a kind of out of sequence um, series of yeah, because it's a notable scar. Like it's right. clearly like it runs the entire length of her spine, and you think, wow, somebody really opened her up and did extensive spine surgery. <laughs> on her. Yeah, I mean, at the time, you have no idea what that's about. So but yeah. I mean, I know you want to talk about WandaVision. Anything sure. else to say about this? Because I'm ready to just sort of say, I recommend it. I, I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, unless you're put off by foreign language films that you have to read the subtitles. Um, I thought it was a terrific movie, especially since it's so low budget. Doesn't it, That surprised me. It doesn't look low budget like that. It looks great. No, no. And it, uh, and you know, we don't really know the the ins and outs of, you know, we kind of understand the, how the movie business works in the United States, but this had uh, just kind of watching the opening. um, They had gotten government, you know, funding somehow to who knows how much, but uh, yeah, I would like to see, um, you know, I hope this director continues to do more science fiction because I'll watch it. You know, this is very, you know, this is something along the lines of uh, Ex Machina or something like that, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, And, you know, every bit as good as Hollywood productions of, you know, smaller Hollywood productions. So, yeah. I I would do Ex Machina on here with you if you, if you're, if it fits or whatever, because I thought I own that movie. I love that movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's been quite a while since I've seen it. So, yeah, I, I loved it. I would, I would definitely be. Would definitely be down for that. So um, I would like to revisit. So I think we both we both recommend this one. Yes. Um, great, awesome. Check it out, Sputnik. Um, do you want to talk about Wandavision? I do. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'll just for those who don't know, Wandavision is a television show, nine nine episode uh, television show on Disney Plus. It is the first sort of MCU. Um, iteration into an episodic television thing, um, not counting kind of Daredevil and Jessica Jones and the other things that we had on Netflix. Uh, this incorporates uh, uh, the Red Witch and uh, Vision from the Avengers films. Right. So for me... Um we talked about this a few weeks ago, you know, we had started watching it and the, I, I guess I'll just do pros and cons. So the pros for me were, I loved the, they do, they're in this sitcom universe from something very similar to the Dick Van Dyke show. And then they go all the way, you know, they go through 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, they go all the way up through, like a Malcolm in the middle type thing. And I think even by the end, it was supposed to be modern family um, was, was how I took it. All of that. They did a, just an amazing job with, they had commercials within there that were, you know, just spot on Um, Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda and Paul Bettany as vision were just great. They um, you know, they're doing these, especially early on, they're doing these sitcom characters, but they're also doing these dramatic, um, you know, uh, performances with a lot of emotion. They were just excellent. I really liked the, the nosy neighbor who then we have, I think, I believe it was the next to the last episode. 
Well, um, we're, again, we're going to spoil this. Oh, yeah, so yeah. If we're you have spo- any desire to watch yeah. it, please turn this off right now. Yeah. It's, it's better if you experience this yourself or yeah. if you're not caught up with it. And, and I feel like I really mean it this time because it, it is. it just came out and it's live and it's fresh. So if you've watched like the first half of it, to turn this off. You want to discover it for yourself, really. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Um, so then we have the, uh, the nosy neighbor who... I believe it was the next to the last episode. It's revealed that she is this evil witch. Um, And I really liked that. The things that I, the cons for me were so around, I guess the third or fourth episode, it's revealed that Wanda has taken over this town, Westview, I think it was called in New Jersey. And she's controlling everything within it and controlling all the people, uh, within it and then outside we have the fbi and they're studying what's going on and they're trying to well it to isn't the it. fbi oh okay per se it's a uh, sword sword yeah yeah so if you know there's sword and shield and shield is what we're familiar with with the avengers and sword is this sort of obviously more proactive aggro counterpart yeah so those parts I was way less interested in. I, I felt like they stretched that out a bit too much. To yeah. me, that could have been 20 minutes of one of the episodes and then, you know, some at the end. Every time they cut to that, I was, I kind of, you know, I checked out a little bit. I was just kind of like, okay, I want to get back to, you know, Wanda and, and Vision in there. And then the the finale itself um so a couple of different things that I read and I, I, you know, I stayed away from spoilers. So I read this stuff after I'd finished it. There were, there was a lot of talk that fans had all these theories about what it was going to mean and what it was going to lead to. As I was watching it, I didn't have any theories. I wasn't really trying to figure out what, you know, I was just kind of enjoying the ride. Right. So I didn't, you know, I didn't have any expectations. So I wasn't disappointed in that sense. You know, there were people that they thought it was going to be this and they thought it was going to be that. And, I didn't really care about that. And the other thing was they had done something so different. I felt from superhero kind of stories in general and, and what the MCU is doing that when they got to the finale, it was a big CGI battle and um, I just felt like it felt very conventional for the that next to the last episode I thought was fantastic. And then we got to the final episode and it just felt to me like they really had to do, had this opportunity to do something very different. And it was almost like, well, it's a superhero thing. So we have to have a, a big superhero battle, you know, at the end. And I felt like they, you know, were 75 to 80% of the way of doing something really unique, but didn't quite, get there overall i really enjoyed it and if if all of the mcu shows are going to be this quality then it's going to be a lot of fun and and exciting but i i think um you know i think we're almost at a thing and and who am i to question marvel because you know just from a financial standpoint i mean what they're doing is incredible but it's almost like it's the product over um, the art of it. And it's, it's, it almost feels to me like they've, they've built up this thing with the MCU of it's just, okay, what's next? What are we building to? We got to just be building to something. And, you know, we had infinity war and all that kind of stuff. And I would just like to see some self-contained stories that don't necessarily, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, yeah. To compare it to Joker last year, that was a movie that I loved, and I hope there's not a sequel. You know, so I don't yeah, know. Yeah, there actually I've, I've there's noises about including. I don't want to see him fight yeah. Batman. You know, yeah, right. and it's like people have talked about. Okay, this was how. Huge. How would you? Yeah. How would that look? Yeah. <laughs> but with uh, with this show with Wandavision, uh, now you know who knows what will happen because it was huge. But I've read where, you know, there's not going to be a sequel. This was just a one-off thing. But other people are saying, oh, I can't wait for season two. And I'm just thinking, what would they do in season two? I don't, I mean, I'm sure they could come up with something. But I don't know that it would live up to this. You know, I, I, some things are okay just being their own thing. They don't have to 
build to something else in, in my opinion you know i agree i agree with you i think um by the time we got to the end of the um end game film the whole decade of this mcu building up to this literally you know survival of the universe thing there's kind of it's not that i'm tired of the characters or i don't want to see any more of the characters but there's almost nowhere to go yeah <laughs> you know yeah yeah and so now we're getting movies about the winter soldier and falcon and you're like that's a buddy cop franchise like i don't I don't know. And I, maybe they'll totally. I'm not saying I'm not going to see it. Yeah. I, I'm just not particularly excited about it. Me neither. The, yeah. Um, you know, and and this was terrific because it was yeah. a, I, every at the end of every 22 minute episode, I left me wanting more. Yeah. I thought I enjoyed Elizabeth Olsen in this more oh. than I did in any of the other. I thought she this really gave her the opportunity to shine. And show some range. And uh, Catherine Hahn, who yeah. plays Hagatha, whatever her name is, uh, Harkness. Har- Harkness, yeah. Stole the whole thing. Stole it. Mm-hmm. Just right at the end, you know. I mean, every time she came in, she's this, the funny neighbor, the zany neighbor in all of the different eras. And then it turns out that, oh, she's actually a witch who's in on this and is trying to figure out how to steal absorb appropriate wanda's power and just runs away with it at the end i mean she's defeated obviously good guys win but the other big thing that comes out of it is uh vision is reborn because it turns that these sword guys have the the vision um corpse the body which is made of adamantium right but since the soul stone's been ripped out of it's sort of lifeless so they've reconstructed him as kind of a robot. And she has reconstructed the vision that she knows and loves inside this bubble she made around the town, she, she being Wanda. So he sort of exists as manifested from her heart and mind. Mm-hmm. And then the two of them meet near the end of this and have this great... Did you you didn't watch all the way through um Legion, did you? No. God, I hate to spoil that for you, but it's a similar uh, things that happen and you don't care. I mean, it's I I might watch it at some point. To be honest, my uh these days my memory is so short that you could probably tell me what happens. Well, and by the time I get to the end of it, I'd, I will have forgotten. In broad strokes, what happens here is similar to what happens there. It's something you don't see very often, especially in comic book movies, is the villain evolves. Yeah. Right? You spend this whole time building up this villain, and I think that Thanos was an interesting villain in this way, too, because as portrayed in these movies, he wasn't just a mad, you know, he wasn't just a crackpot, loose cannon. He had a very earnest reason he wasn't just trying to destroy half the universe because he was insane he was trying to in his own believe that was for the the greater good ultimately right Mm -hmm. and they told that whether or not you agree with that they they portrayed that convincingly in that character yeah which made him very complex you know because it's a he's a true believer that you're you know and you're like well I mean, I can sort of see where he's coming from. Obviously, I don't want him to win, but... Um, and in this one, when the two visions meet, they kind of talk it out. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And in some ways, so so the, the, the purely manifest vision that has all of his thoughts and memories and whatever, somehow, we never really get... Not even Wanda seems to understand how she's done that, but he can't exist outside this magical bubble she's created. He kind of, you know, touches the other guy's gem and passes all of that consciousness into the robot. And then the robot kind of becomes, so then there's two of them, but one of them is actually corporeal and the other one is just a manifestation of Wanda's thing that she has to say goodbye to a second time when she shuts it all down. Like That echoes their goodbye in the movies. And... I think that the the chemistry those two have is great. The love 
feels very believable. That was pretty heartbreaking, you know, at the end when, uh, I mean, you know, it's going to happen. She's yeah. going to wipe out the city and everything, but that, and that, and that again let, was actually let go of him. Yeah. yeah. And that was kind of the, you know, the depth of, of those performances where, you know, they've been these sitcom characters, but also at the end, you know, you feel genuinely sad that, you know, even though he's essentially not real, he's kind of a figment of her imagination in a way, you know, he's going to go away. And Paul Bettany is great. He's fantastic. I think she nails, I think she, you know, she grew up watching the actual shows that they are parroting and Mm -hmm. the shows that he would have grown up watching, I'm assuming being British, were somewhat different. So, I mean, he's a good actor and he does a good job, but man, she nails the tone and the style of each of these different things. And that's part of the great fun of this. But I don't, did we ever see what became of the, does he come back? Does she get to meet the new vision right they no. basically re- resurrected a character that because was for he me just, the big takeaway he just flies off and we don't know what happened to him he's just and that that was a criticism that i read a lot of people were like where did he go what happened to him well you know i'm i'm sure he's on to the sequel he's on to the season yeah. two um he so the other big thing that came out of this is wanda maximoff uh, becomes anointed as the character named the Red Witch. So mm-hmm. it's kind of the origin of that title, that character, which is supposedly a thing. I, I didn't ever read Red Witch comics, but that's kind of what tied it to that. Like, oh, the Red Witch is a special witch that does crazy chaos. Ma- I mean, I don't know. It's it's Marvel baloney. But. Yeah, they did. Um, this. De- there was a, I might still have these, they're at my parents' house, but um, they. I remember there was a mini series that I think was just called Vision and the Scarlet Witch, and it was about them. All I remember was that they were in love with each other. But um, you know, I don't know how much of this they they took from that, but I think that was like a six issue series that I remember reading, you know, as a kid. But huh. um, but I mean, that def- you know, I don't know how much they took from that and how much was was new stuff, but. Um, now, after saying all of that about that, you know, I don't really care about the big battles and it's like, you know, they did the Infinity War and what do they build to? I'm going to be a hypocrite and say, I'm sure they'll do it sometime. We might be 80 years old by the time they get to this, but I kind of hope they do Secret Wars <laughs> because that, <laughs> that was so be cool. Great. That was so cool. And I guess, and you know, I've read some stuff like in hindsight, it was like they just did it just to sell toys and, you know, it was viewed as really... Uh, I still like, have those comics. I have I the original too. issue of those comics. Yeah, I do time. too. And like, you know, they, I mean, we were little kids then. So, I mean, but I ate that up. I was way oh, into that. Yeah, it was awesome. X-Men, everybody all in one comic. Because they had everybody, yeah, they had everybody in there. That was where Spider-Man got his um, Black Venom. suit. That was yeah, the yeah. origin of Venom, really. Yes, yeah. Another, a symbiote. Because um, I think that's what they initially called it before it came became Venom and all that kind of stuff. As far as... You know, the new shows that are upcoming, um, I'm like you. The And, uh, you know, I'll watch them probably, but the uh, uh, the Winter Soldier and uh, what is it, Falcon? Um, you know, I'm not that excited about those. But one, uh, the, I think the Loki series looks cool. But one that I am excited about is there, which I think is going to be right up my alley. They're doing a what if um, series. Yeah. Yeah. And for people that don't know, what if was these one-off issues? You know, every issue was a different. It was an anthology essentially, and it was they could do stories that were outside of. You know, there were kind of these alternate universe stories. So it was like I'm just making this up. I don't think they actually did this, but it was like you know, what if uh, Peter Parker had been bitten by a radioactive mouse instead of a spider, and you know, he's Mouse Man <laughs> instead of Spider Man. You know, that's the kind of stuff that they would do. And I think that I'm really looking forward to because hopefully, you know, they're going to be able to just do whatever they want and it doesn't have to be in continuity and it right. doesn't have to build anything else. It's just going to be one off. Well, stories. like that could like, be a lot of fun. Like the multi the Spider-Man multiverse. Um, yeah. I love that movie. I, I went oh, to college that was with awesome. Chris yeah, you Phil Lord. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not still in touch with them, but, mm-hmm. um, I I have this absurd like sense of pride. I'm like, oh, they make great movies. They made the Lego yeah. movie. Like they're doing so great. That's awesome stuff. Um, th- they've maintained that you know, childlike 
borderless creativity and to be able to bring that um, onto the big screen. I mean, those movie, the movies they make are delightful. I thought yeah. that movie was so crazy. And I loved it. It was Nick great. Cage is the yeah, sort of Nick black Cage. and white. I mean, it was it was just great. It was yeah. all over the place, and I thought it was super duper fun. And the fact that they ha- animated it sort of kept it outside of canon. I love that Marvel likes to leave that particular door open to be like, you know, we do the big MCU thing, and then we we're gonna do everything else too because it's awesome and it's fun and not everything has to fit neatly into I mean they made so many comics and they rebooted sure. the whole thing so many times it's like yeah I don't know as long the, the only guidelines got to be it's, it's entertaining and you know we I think we've talked about this before but you know there's a there's a saying that with westerns you could tell any story in a western you know you can do drama action comedy horror and I think the same thing is true of of comics. You can do anything with with comics. And you know, another criticism that I read of this series specifically, WandaVision, was some you know just kind of comments here and there on articles where people said uh, I couldn't get past this the the um, the first couple of episodes. It was just boring. You know, there wasn't any action happening. And so I think again, it's I, I would like to it almost seems to me like they didn't have the confidence to say, okay, this is not for you. We're not, we're not trying to be all things to all people. It was almost like, well, we have to have a big battle in the end. Cause that's what yeah. people want. You know what I mean? And it's like, I would, I'd love to see something more along the lines of, you know, Joker where you don't have to have that. You can, you know what I mean? It's, it's, a, I, I feel like, I mean, they're going to make it be making these series as long as people will watch them. And I, sure. I just I would love it if they would truly kind of go all the way with one of these and really do something different. I think Batman on the DC universe has gotten that kind of treatment. I mean, how many different Batmans have we seen? Yeah. Um, and they're all interesting in their own way. Sure. Uh, I like some of them a lot more than others. I, I'm interested in seeing this new, um, you know, the Batman or whatever. It looks it is. great. It, it looks really really interesting and uh, again it's like it, there's something really sticky about that character spider-man too i think spider-man is just we how many spider-mans we've seen at least three mm-hmm. um and i've enjoyed following that it's just such a great story the nerd who gets these sort of you know it's such a quintessential comic book story about the kind of you know nerdy milk toast who ends up getting superpowers and but he's still a teenager and still struggling with you know falling in love with mj and it's just it's i was a kid who read comics i just connected with that other like oh man that would be so awesome Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know yeah and then you get to you get to vicariously follow this character on the page doing all that stuff and there's really nothing you can't do with it as long yeah, as they, you stick with that, you know, and that yeah, that's the thing with and with a lot of these characters, you know, there've been so many, you know, when they've done hundreds and even thousands of of issues, you have you know, Spider Man was never a really dark character like Batman could get, but there are really lighthearted, fun stories with um, Spider Man, and there's you know, Uncle Ben obviously dies. There's other characters that he's you know, love interests who die uh, in the comics. So you can just tell so many different stories, I, I think, you know. Is this, is the Batman that's coming out, is it more, is he more of a detective? Uh, that, yeah, that's that what element? the... I like that. Yeah, the the director, and I forget what his name is, but he has said specifically that this is going to be Batman the detective. He's, he says we've never really seen that on on screen, you know, what he really feels is. And, of course, that's how detective. it started, more mm-hmm. of a Dick Tracy kind of detective, thing. And the, detective comics. The costume was just more about him being able to hide his own identity and skulk around at night and also play that theatrical game with people. And it was less about you know, his particular psychological trauma and more about him cracking a case, right? Mm-hmm. Getting to the bottom of a crime syndicate and then the vigilante aspect of him also doing something about it once he discovered what was up. Yeah. Um, one, one thing I hope... was a way oh, he navigated the underworld. Yeah. One thing I hope for 
in this movie, and it's I feel the same way with Spider-Man, is we don't need to see uh, Batman's parents get or Bruce right. Wayne's parents get the, killed again. You know what I mean? It's like, again. all yeah, right, everybody it. knows at this point. There's nobody. Everybody knows that his parents were killed. Everybody knows that Peter Parker was bitten by a radioactive spider. We don't have to see. You know, we don't have to see these again. Um, but, but yeah, it's so. Uh, WandaVision kind of to wrap it all up. Uh, I mean, overall, I, I think my criticisms are somewhat, you know, are kind of nitpicky. But uh, I, I mean, did you like the finale, or did you feel kind of the same way that it was a little I, formulaic? I, I find all of the swirling blue CGI. The, her magic is red, and her magic is purple. Uh, it's just numbing. Yeah. You know, and it's like, oh, magic energy is like this sort of swirling. I don't know. It just seems so generic, and I go a little numb. And, mm-hmm. you know, then by that point, she's got kids. And then there's the sort of sword character that came back after the whatever, the African-American actor. Mm-hmm. And she gets some sort of powers. I don't know who that's supposed to be representing, but... I, I feel like I was supposed to care more about her place in all of this, but they never really landed. She was one of the, in the comics, she was a Captain Marvel. Oh. Um, there have been a bunch. So I'm sure they're setting it up for her to be in the next Captain Marvel movie gotcha. as another Captain Marvel, which she very much looks the part, you know, from the comics. But Well, I like the actor. Yeah, she's really I, good, um, you know. She did a great job. It's just that in this, I wasn't quite sure. They were clearly laying bricks, but there wasn't a, like a real payoff on it. So she's Captain Marvel because she managed to force her way through the bubble. I, I don't... Captain Marvel in general, and I don't want to bring the wrath of fanboys down on me, but it's... A, alien and some sort of an engine has absorbed the power of the engine and now she's like this figure that is even more you know just basically cuts Thanos' ship in half and it's like mm-hmm. well, why don't you just stop Thanos then like I'm busy I got other stuff to do okay like, yeah but if you're on our team like now we could really use it now <laughs> um, <laughs> like, yeah yeah, I know what you mean. And one other uh, I wanted to get in, we didn't mention the, uh, so they do this thing where there's Wanda's brother um, was killed in one of the Avenger movies, but then in uh, the Fox X-Men movies, they had right. a different guy playing that, that uh, Quicksilver, and his name is Evan Peters, I think. Um, and uh, I really like that actor a lot. Uh, yeah. And he was really great in that, in that role um, as playing, you know, Quicksilver, which it turns out he's not really him and blah, blah, blah. But, uh, but yeah, I thought, uh, I thought he was good, but yeah, I mean, for, uh, I mean, they did, I feel like they set the bar really high with this first series. And, and like I said, if, if they're all the quality of this, which, you know, obviously Marvel does, they make really good stuff and they have smart people, uh, you know, working there um but yeah i mean if if all the shows are this good it's going to be a lot of fun yeah i agree well we'll see we'll see what happens um you know nothing lasts forever i think you you pull off a feat like 10 years of the avengers and the iron man's and everything that leads up to it culminating like that i mean kind of unprecedented in cinematic history yeah whether it's your cup of tea or not like um and, and everything just, they've done has worked you know it's not yeah, like they've had just, you know they at this point you can't count them out but you know they they did the first iron man and people didn't really know the you know outside of comic book nerds didn't really know the character and you know that kind of set it all off and then the next thing was you know they did guardians of the galaxy and it's like okay this is the thing that's going to fail cuz this is too weird and nobody know and then you know guardians of the galaxy movies are great and so you want you know Eventually, like you said, nothing lasts forever. Eventually, it's going to run its course, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime soon. 
I, yeah. I have a feeling that the Falcon and Winter Soldier or whatever it's called will make its money back. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, and nothing against either of those two actors. I just don't know that the characters, Falcon, <laughs> you know, you yeah. care. And the Winter Soldier is cool as a foil to Captain America, but you're just taking these two basic sidekick feeling guys and giving them their own movie. I, I you know. I mean, maybe yeah. if they have great chemistry, I still, I still don't know that it excites me in the same way that. No, I, f- I feel the same. I am excited for Loki. I think the Loki series that could be cool. interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I like him a lot as an actor. With that. You know, and I, I'm less invested somehow in a TV show because if I don't like it, I just don't watch it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, all right. Um, and we haven't talked about what we want to do next week, so we might have to figure that out off. Off air, as they say. Yeah. Did you watch that other one last night? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. I don't uh, know. We we have a, a lot on deck um, that we can do. Chris and Chris talk movies at gmail.com. Thoughts, comments, feedback, all the socials. Thank you for listening. Tell your friends. We're just interested in seeing how many people we can get to subscribe. Um, we will decide what we're going to do for next week, and it'll be a pleasant surprise. Um, and until then, we will talk to you next week. <laughs>